Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellas, here we are for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. It's getting closer and closer to game day for Kentucky Iowa 2.0. And Gershon is in the bowl city, the bowl destination of Nashville. Not Florida this time. He's in Nashville. QB1 Jalen Whitlow up in here, man. Fellas, how we doing? Doing pretty well. You know, now that this game is drawn closer, I mean, the matchup, obviously, I get why everyone was unhappy about it, including I don't think any of us three were ex- extremely happy we were going to be seeing Iowa again with the year they've had on offense and UK's had an offense. But now it's getting exciting, especially when you see that depth chart come out and so many different guys we haven't seen really play yet uh, are going to get a shot here. Yeah, you kind of hit on it with the depth chart, man. I think uh, that's that's. I think that's what everybody wanted to see. You know, everybody's looking to see what happened with the quarterback position, rightfully so. Um, everybody's looking to see, you know, kind of what goes on with the uh, the offensive play calling um, and who's going to call the plays and whatnot. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, and, you know, just kind of how, you know, how the team come out and, and deal with, uh, you know, not having, you know, Arguably, arguably three of your best leaders on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, two on offense and one one big loss on defense with uh, one of the linebackers, you know, deciding to hang him up and, uh, you know, get his body healthy for draft preparation. So uh, we'll see what happens, man. I think uh, I think Stoops and company are going to put, put it together pretty well. You know, it's going to be about can they score points at the end of the day. You know, like I said, I, I kind of got this thing that whoever gets the 21st wins. Um you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. And, you know, can Kentucky kind of have the shock factor um, when it comes to, uh, you know, the the different style of play uh, they can bring out there with the different quarterbacks. So uh, you can you can uh, you can go a couple of different ways with that uh, if you're Kentucky. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think um, I think uh, it'll be two, you know, two physical teams, two tough teams going at each other. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they get some good weather and uh, we can see the ball in the air a little bit too. We see it all the time where as as we are watching Kansas and our Kansas, as Miles <laughs> like to say, uh, maybe complete this game, maybe not. 53-51, Kansas going <laughs> for two to send it to a third overtime. Nice. We see it all the time. Games are supposed to be a blowout or a team will hear how much of an underdog they are. College or pro, you know, the, the Bills are supposed to beat somebody by three touchdowns or whatever. And then it ends up being a closer game. You know, somebody's supposed to blow the Colts out. 
and the coats hang tough, you know, you know, stuff like that. Yep. Any scenario where y'all see this Jalen, you just said first team to first team to 20 wins in Music City Bowl. Any scenario where it just the script gets flipped from what everybody expects. Can y'all even Wrap your minds around the possibility of it turning into a shootout yeah. and just everybody being like, oh, my God, y'all, can y'all even envision I mean, it's tricky because we we know we don't know. We've never seen Iowa's quarterback play uh, Joe Labs. Literally, he's never played it down in college. So well, what is there to go off of there? There's absolutely nothing. So maybe he's a stud and he flings it around I don't know but you know it's not like they have that they have a decent freshman running back but he's only averaging I don't remember exactly what his yards per carry but it's not that impressive uh you know they have a great tight end Sam Laporta who killed Kentucky in that Citrus Bowl last year but at receiver I mean their number their number two option Arlen Bruce is is in the transfer portal so he's not playing um their offensive line is not as good as it usually is this year so I don't know we'll, we'll have to see what their quarterback situation is and then on the on Kentucky side of the ball as we have triple overtime in, uh, football. in Memphis. Uh, but um, on Kentucky side of the ball, we've seen Kyle Sheeran play. I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that good. I don't know what exactly they're going to do at quarterback. It sounds like all three of those guys, Destin Wade and Deuce Hogan included, are going to get a shot to play at some point. Maybe if one guy plays well, they just stick and keep going. Uh, and then at running back, we saw how the offense was running the ball without Chris Rodriguez. It wasn't good. So maybe Juton McLean can get going a little bit. Who knows? But you have to like what Kentucky has at receiver and then, you know, Dingle at tight end. Josh Caddis, unfortunately, going down with surgery, not going to be able to play in this one. But it feels like there's more known on the Kentucky side. If we see Kaya, the other guys we'll see. But Iowa, man, it, it's hard to predict at all what they're going to be on offense because we've never seen the quarterback play in a college game. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, if I had to guess, no, it won't be a shootout. Now, we've seen weird things happen. Yeah. Uh, we've seen kickoff return for touchdown, block punt touchdown, uh, punt return touchdown. We've seen all that stuff happen. I don't see the offenses being able to score more than 28 points, uh, you know, per team. And 28 is a stretch, you know, in yeah. my opinion. And I say that because you got two teams with inexperienced quarterbacks, two teams with some of their best players not playing on offense, um, one team with the coordinator not there, you know, um, Starting quarterback's not there. Starting running back's not there. Like I said, inexperienced at quarterback. Yep. And also, you know, the, the big thing, in my opinion, is you got two great defensive staffs and two great defensive teams going at each other. So if the if the defenses were weak, I would say, you know, we could see 35, 32, something like that. But, uh, you know, just thinking that, you know, both defenses are pretty good, uh, stopping a run pretty solid. Uh, pretty solid in pass coverage. So I don't, I just don't see, I don't see a lot of points being scored with the inexperience going on. So uh, that's just my two cents. But again, we've seen the weirdest things happen in sports. So I'm, I'm not opposed to, you know, I'll be the first one to get on here and say I was wrong because I've seen, you know, teams who can't even, you know, hand the ball off to a guy without the ball being <laughs> on the ground somehow score 30 points. So, you know, we've seen it all. So uh, we'll see. I just hope and that uh, – and I think they'll play the hot hand at quarterback. They'll play a couple guys. But I just hope that whatever they do, they allow the quarterbacks to play. Like, let them run the ball. Because, I mean, again, 
Iowa has no idea what Kentucky's going to do. No coordinator, <laughs> starting quarterback out, starting running back gone. They have no idea. So, you know, I think the quarterbacks, you know, you got all offseason to heal up. Let them let them boys carry the ball. Uh in between the in between the you know the tackles and outside of the tackles. Um and kind of just see where this thing go, man. You know, I think you could you can add an extra element to the game which, when your quarterback is is dynamic, even if he's not a great runner, just the threat of it, you know, kind of opens some things up. Yeah, no doubt. And uh the these defenses too, and their star power on I mean for both teams really, but Iowa, man, uh Jack Campbell's the basically unanimous defensive player of the year. I mean, you know, he's won basically every award you can uh, on the defensive side of the ball at middle linebacker. And then uh, Cooper DeGene, their corner, man, four picks, two pick sixes, like 11 pass breakups. I mean, they've got some star power, and we obviously know the faces on Kentucky's defense, how good they are. So it, it just makes it, it hard to imagine, you know, unless there is a hot hand with Kentucky's quarterback situation or, you know, that Iowa quarterback comes out and is just a stud, there being many points on the board. And one thing I think that's good about this matchup, unlike maybe some of the others are – maybe if Kentucky played someone else's, both these teams care about this one. I mean, it's, it's these bowl games nowadays, it's you don't know what you're going to get. You know, the mid-major teams go all out with the power five teams. It's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mystery how motivated they're going to be to play in these lower level bowl games. But these two teams, you know, there's a long history now at both schools of making consecutive bowl games. Both teams want to make make uh, make it and win it every year. And these two teams played each other last year. So you got to think at least especially on Iowa's side, there's got to be motivation uh, to get some revenge in Kentucky either some pride to not let that happen absolutely and we have yeah this is the two-point conversion off now ah yes yeah wow unbelievable deandre square you mentioned yeah just talk about his his impact his legacy how he'll be remembered for his time at kentucky uh you know the last game against louisville you know he, he tweeted out Shouldn't have been out there, but most oh. time, I, you know, and you know him and Jacquez Jones both. So I mean, Jalen, you know about playing hurt and and pushing it and, and doing it. So how will how will he be remembered, or how will he go down? You know, three hundred tackle club earlier in the year. Uh, how would this guy be remembered when when people think about him? Yeah, I mean, I think he'll go down as one of the you know one of the best to, to ever lace him up at like linebacker. Uh, you know, definitely in the Stoops era. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't – I don't think you can dispute that. You know, I think he 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 has the numbers. Uh, he definitely had the years on the field. Um, it seemed like he'd been there forever. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that – I mean, I just don't see how you can say that he's not. I mean, he like I said, he seemed like he'd been there forever, and he's he's been all over the – you know, all over the film. When you watch Kentucky film, he sticks out. Um, you know, his – the way he runs to the ball, you know, you can tell he's an intelligent football player, uh, pretty good football IQ. He's always near the ball. Guys that's always near the ball, they obviously know what's going on. So uh, talented, you know, pretty athletic, uh, not the biggest guy, but not the smallest. But he uh, he 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 maneuvers pretty well, good pad level. Uh, he makes good open field tackles, one-on-one -on -one tackles. Uh, he's a good blitzer. He's good at <laughs> he's good at pass coverage. I mean, yeah. he's, he's pretty good, man. Uh, you know, he'll he'll definitely get a uh, get a fair shake, you know, at that next level. So, I think you know, I think he'll go down as one of the best. Uh, definitely, you know, man, you know, I want to you know overstep, but probably one of the best, you know, that I've seen in the blue and white, man, at linebacker. So, 
No doubt. Uh, you know, I would say he, he should be proud of kind of what he did. Yeah. yeah, I just I just think of him as unbelievably steady on and off the field. I mean, he was uh, from day one. He was an impact player. He was a all, all SEC freshman, and you know, as he every year uh, he got older, he took a more and more of a leadership role. And you see it just in that inside linebacker room. Look at how Trevin Wallace and and Derek Jackson stepped in when their numbers were called this year. And I know obviously you got to give some of that credit to John Som- John Somerall, who was here last year, and some of that to Mike Stoops, uh, the inside linebackers coach. But I think DeAndre Square. And Jaquez Jones, especially Square, has been here for a while, deserves a lot of credit for, you know, leading by example. And you mentioned, Jalen, about his high football IQ, playing with good pad level and all those things. He lead, he does that, and it sets an example for the younger guys in that room. So I definitely think in the way he talks and the way, you know, Stoops thinks of him, I definitely see coaching in his future whenever that those playing days are, are done. I, if Stoop, you know, if it, it's not going to work out in the NFL, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a GA, like in the next two years at UK. That's just the type of guy I think he is. But, um, yeah, just a great – as good a person on the field as he was off it too. So – uh, gonna miss covering him here, and uh, I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's not pushing it. I mean, that Louisville game, like you said, uh, Vinny, you should not have been out there. But he wanted to get that 300 tackle because he was sitting at 299, and he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna miss that one. So I'm glad he got to do that, and he's gonna you know sit this one out and get ready, get his body right. And uh, it's also amazing to me that Jaquez Jones is playing this game. I, I cannot believe that he's uh, healthy enough to do this, and I'm happy that he'll at least be out there for this one. Y'all both mentioned it. You know, you went through his intangibles, Jalen, and uh, you mentioned how he's got coaching. You can tell he just kind of oozes the, the coach in him. Uh, I tweeted it out I, some, at some point during the season, and, you know, I guess he's my, he searched his name. DeAndre retweeted, but throughout his career, you look at the end of a play. A tackle was made. It didn't matter who – made a tackle, if Square made a tackle or not. Going back to the huddle, yeah, I know y'all saw it because, you know I mean, y'all, 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 I was probably keen in mind. You could tell he was, he was coaching guys up. It didn't matter what position. He was telling D. Lyman where to be. Yeah. He was telling guys on the back end where to be. Constantly communicating and talking and being that leader and being that coach on the field. It didn't matter if it was Keaton Smith. It didn't matter if it was Kenan Valentine. You know, it didn't matter if it was Ripka, it, 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 his own linebackers, of course, but constantly throughout the season. And I think that will be missed next year. Now, we got some good guys coming up, some good young guys, but that leadership and just he knew the system so well, he didn't have a problem telling guys that wasn't in his position what to do, where to be. And you saw it play in, play out, game in, game out. You talked about how steady he was, Aaron. And that's mm-hmm. what I'll remember. That dude was always coaching guys up where to be, what to do, what they should have done all throughout his career. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, the toughness part too, man. I mean, we just met how he came back. I mean, they ruled him out. Like he was not supposed to be playing. I think, I think he might, I don't know if he broke something in his foot, but he did something pretty bad where they ruled him out. And, you know, the defense, when he came out, I think it was – I think they were up 13-3 to 
and Square comes out and they can't stop a nosebleed. And at 17-13 Iowa, uh, Kentucky drives down the field. They take the lead of that Wandale drive um, that, that Rodriguez finished off. And Square comes back on the field and like five plays later, he's got the game-winning interception in his hands. So it's just those type of things. He, he, leading by example again right there, the mental toughness, how tough it is to come and play off injuries. Just just a leader by example. And and like you said, uh, with this football IQ and leading um, in, in that locker room, in that inside linebackers room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest things that coaches fear is not replacing talent it's replacing leadership. Uh, Cause you can get, I mean, talent comes down. I mean, you can get talent. Uh, I think the way they recruit now, they, they feel pretty comfortable about the way they can, you know, garner some talent in the, in the linebacker room. I think the biggest thing is uh, replace. You know, it's tough to replace leadership because, especially when you got a guy who's been there for five, six years, it's just hard to get that into the next group of linebackers because it just there's no way you can. You know, the carryover doesn't happen overnight. It takes years to get that. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Uh, again, like you said, coaching guys up. That's just all leadership. You know, he he. I mean, you can watch the film and see that he has a keen eye when it comes to. I, I see. I kind of see football as a puzzle, and he's one of those guys who see it that way too. I can tell when he's a linebacker, a play happens, the way a play ends up, you know, where a run goes, how far it goes, you know, how many yards did they get. He can he can see okay who was out of position, who was in position, who made the tackle uh, based on what happened. We had this stunt, this blitz called, this happened, this shouldn't have happened in this blitz, and he automatically sees it. So that's that's a guy who, uh, like I said, maybe a coach one day because he he has that uh, that 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 puzzle mind. He sees the puzzle and he understands where everything goes, where the pieces fit. So um, you know, all the physical physical stuff is cool, but I, I think the leadership and just the the overall football IQ at that position on defense is what they're going to miss the most. Now they got talent backing them up, but how quickly can they get those guys, you know, on that page? That's mm -hmm. tough to do. Yeah, and I think that's where obviously you don't want to see injury, but I think Trevin Wallace and D.R. Jackson benefited by getting a lot of playing time this year. I mean, I think D. Jackson ended up starting six games, uh, maybe seven. Uh, Trevin started five, so those guys, and then Trevin will start again here on on Saturday. So I think I think it's very beneficial. Those guys got the, that playing time. Obviously, you don't want it under the circumstances that that they had it, but. I think that'll help them a lot, springboard them into next year. And then, you know, the, the key will be the guys behind them, uh, not only for the future, but for, uh, you know, in case you have another situation like this year where there are injuries. So that's Martez Thrower, that's Luke Fulton, and that's uh, Grant Godfrey, the kid they just signed out of Georgia, who they have really high hopes for to kind of be that next uh, next guy that can play right away. I think he, I think if he ends up being like DeAndre Square, they'll feel pretty, pretty damn good about that pickup. Yeah. And he was one of the, one of those guys that helped to make inroads into Michigan, you know, as far as recruiting, getting yeah. the footprint up there. Uh, and then in his post, you know, he put uh, coming to Kentucky was one of the best decisions of his life. You know, loved everything about his experience in UK. So, you know, people see that him with such a glowing review of his time at Kentucky. You know, that will just continue to the little ripple effect that has already been started you know, on the recruiting trail and, you know, cast tech and that pipeline that, you know, from Michigan yeah. Lexington is already, you know, in the works. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, just look at Deion Walker, obviously, uh, Justin Rogers, who is after him. There's a, there's a lot of them. I'm, that's just a couple and uh, uh, more to come, I, I believe. Yeah.
Arkansas hung on and won. Ole Miss trails Texas Tech ten to seven. So you know, oh, we got some targeting going on. on oh, that was that was a, that was not a necessary hit. That, that that is the definition of targeting, right? Because yeah. in this slide, and the defender comes in and gives him a headshot. Mm. Quarterback in a slide, yeah, not not smart. Trying to get a little fight going after that play for sure. Yep. And up your quarterback. It's not even. Let's say they didn't even call targeting. They called the unsportsmanlike, and they're probably going to throw him out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they throw him out. I, I don't have the volume on. <laughs> <laughs> should throw him out. That was bad. I don't even know what bowl this is. What is Texas? This? Oh, the Texas Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So another SEC squad coming up. I'm seeing what see what Lane Kiffin them going to do because they they ended the season on not the. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Best note, you know, went eight and one, finished up eight and four. Not how you want to do the last quarter of the season. That's not how you want to end it. So and, and they should be seven and five, any because Kentucky left 10, 11 plays on the field. Most frustrating. Obviously, this season, and I guess we can kind of talk about just this season as a whole. Obviously, one game to go, but a lot of guys not playing in and all that. Almost feels like it's its own separate game, like season almost on Saturday, whatever. But yeah, like that to me is the most frustrating game of the season still to this day. Because one, obviously, we're four and zero. You're ranked number seven going into it. So if you win, even you know, obviously, Will got hurt in that one, so that kind of screwed up. They hit a wall in South Carolina, could have gone a totally different direction, and they left like 10 plays on the field where they could have won it. Yeah, we got the little had a little lag, but we caught the tail end of what you said. But yeah, that yeah. that uh that started it, you know, miss you know, the the auto plays up on the field, so many chances they could have won it. Won it and then the penalty nullifies it, you know, just, yeah. Um, and then the <laughs> you know, Vandy game penalty nullifies that one. You know, South Carolina, you put yourself behind the eight ball to start it. But, yeah, a lot of a lot of frustrating things. And we talked about, you know, Stoops didn't talk about his media session this week. But last week where he said want to get right back to reattacking where, you know, we, we stubbed our toe. We weren't far off, and you can, you know, what he said made a lot of sense. So, you know, the class ended up maybe better than it started. A lot of people kind of panicked about the class. Got a good class coming in. You heard Stoops. You heard the big dog. All of them said we pretty much addressed all our needs. Through the portal in the class, we got all our holes filled, addressed all the needs, and should be right back to the way they say, feeling going into next year, how they felt coming into this year. A lot of optimism and, you know, expecting to contend. Uh, you know, they're not happy with 7-5. and five. They expect to kind of be in that upper upper crust 
of the conference again, and that's that looks like that's where they expect to find themselves again. Yeah, you know, I think uh, the biggest thing is just getting some continuity on the offensive side of the ball, man. Get, you know, whatever Stoops got to do to, you know, keep Cohen locked down for three years yeah. at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got to get some continuity. They got to get guy. They got to get somebody in that spot that's going to be there for, you know, at least until this new freshman class becomes seniors, I think. Um, that way you can groom, you know, uh, Woody or whoever else going to be next in that role, groom pretty well, where if he has the, you know, the ability to do it, you know, he can kind of assume the position once Cohen inevitably leave again. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. You know, I, I just think they need some continuity. Uh, you know, with Cohen being a coordinator, they're going to get talent uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to get that. So we'll, we'll see, man. Um, the pieces are in place. You know, like I said, they just got to be able to uh, have a good offseason. You know, it's so crucial because every day in offseason is, is that big. Because, you know, from a coach's standpoint, you're really looking at it. Like, I know a lot of people don't see it this way. And I know a lot of listeners can kind of think about this as I'm saying this, but everybody in the country are working out at the same times at the same day. Everybody. Yep. So what sets your workout? What sets your day? What sets your leadership session, your meetings, your uh, seven on sevens in the summer? What sets yours apart from everybody else's? Because everybody's doing the exact same thing for the most part. Now you got good coaches out there who have niches, they have a niche and they may do something a little bit different that may give people, give them a slight edge, but the talent is the big edge. Coaching is a huge edge, but then once everything's equated, so like a Kentucky and an Ole Miss or um, a Kentucky and a, you know, I don't know, um, a, maybe a South Carolina or Kentucky and a Tennessee, what sets those teams apart once everything else is equated? It's the, it's the everyday attention to detail, every rep focus in all season is what it is. So, um, you know, they, they need that big, they need that to, to, to go the way they, you know, they wanted to go keep everybody healthy, good spring ball and everything and kind yeah. of get the momentum going to have a good year. Cause again, you're going to, you know, as good as Leary is, you're going to be dealing with a guy who's first year in the program, first year in the system. How do you bridge that gap in all season is what is, what's going to be huge. I think, um, They've shown they can do it with Levis coming in in the summer. Now you got to do it with the guy who coming in, you know, is coming in in January. He got has much more time, but can you, you know, can you kind of get up to speed with that guy? So when, you know, August, whatever comes first game um, or September, whatever, whatever day that is, are you ready to go at a high level? Cause you don't have time to, you know, get guys going like you used to, you got to be able to jump in and go right now. So, um, We'll see how that goes. I think they have, again, they have the pieces in place. Um, I'm anxious to see how, you know, Cohen kind of put that thing together and uh, and get get it rolling. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the spring ball part of it too, because they had a remember with how things shook, shook with uh, Liam leaving and you know hiring Rich Scangarillo. They didn't. They started a week late. Uh, with spring ball because they had to get all the playbooks out and they had to just get everything organized. They had to get rich physically in Lexington and all that good stuff. So they started a week late. 
They're instituting a new offense with a bunch of new players. Obviously, Dane Key, Tavion Robinson, a bunch of offensive linemen without much starting experience. And then over the summer, you add Varyon Brown to the fold. So it, it was just it just felt like the offense was behind the eight ball from March 1st on. Right. I mean, I remember every open practice, you know, we got to go to. I got to go to one in at the, toward the end of March, uh, got to go to one on fan day and then an additional one uh in August the offense lost every single one of those days and it wasn't pretty man I mean I know one practice where I was charting every Will Levis throw he threw six interceptions in a day and some of them weren't his fault some of them he just had no no there was no chemistry there with the receiver they didn't know the play miss run wrong route all that good stuff so or bad stuff but you know what I mean so I, I feel like you know Hopefully you'll have Liam in here, you know, two weeks from Sunday or two weeks from Monday, whatever the Rams uh, finish their regular season. They got two games left um, and you can hit the ground running, you know, at the end of February, first week of March. I mean, it was just all messed up. It was to the point where last year's schedule, they played the spring game and then still had more a week worth of practices after the spring game. So, I mean, I would assume I, I know, Jalen, you've obviously been through spring ball after the spring game there's got to be some sort of like, okay, we're through spring ball, right? Where those guys that go to the spring game, the veterans are used to being like, all right, that's spring ball, but no, they got to hit the practice field for a whole nother week. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was, you made a good point. You know, I didn't even really think of it that deep. Yeah. They, they were behind the eight ball once, you know, Scangarello got, got in Lex and they seemed like they were always behind. I yeah. didn't know the details of, you know, a quarterback throwing, you know, six interceptions in one practice. I don't know if I could live with myself after that, regardless of oh, why yeah. that happened. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's that's egregious. Um, so, obviously, bad. that that shows you that Scangarello, you know, for whatever reason, he's used to coaching pros, whatever the excuse is, because it's all excuses. At the end of the day, people don't want to hear it. They want to see wins. Um why weren't they able to get guys on the same page quicker, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the thing. And that's where it kind of goes back to my previous point. Every day in the offseason matters. You have to get guys up to speed. you got to force feed, you know, the new guys, the information. There's a lot of information. The playbooks are big. You know, it's just a lot that goes into it, but they got to get it, and they got to get it fast. And that's where leadership kind of helps because when you hit spring ball, you don't want to have to – keep hounding you know when it's day six you don't want to keep hounding basic day one principles you want to be able to move right. on and, and progress as you go because it one little thing slows you down so much when it comes to playing this sport playing offense and playing quarterback specifically it just, it's just it's it's all so fickle man it's just a lot of timing that goes into it it's a lot of detail that goes into it and it takes the right combination of coaches and players and head coach and time and scheme and everything to kind of get everything on the same page. So um, obviously there was a problem with that last year. So hopefully, yeah. you know, 2023, I, I'm sure you'll see some some changes, obviously. But uh, hopefully that, you know, that, that thing gets gets off uh, on the tracks faster. Yeah, we obviously saw it wasn't solved you know, when we got to the season, but I can't find my notes from the March practice, but I got it from August. That practice, 
Deuce Hogan threw a pick. Will Levis threw three, two to Andrew Phillips, one to Carrington Valentine, and also had one pick dropped by DeAndre Square and another dropped by Jordan Wright. So the offense was out of sorts on August 6th, and that's in practice. So, yeah, they can't have that again. And I think, you know, obviously the the one risk you took with taking Devin Leary is, is he going to be ready to throw by March because he's coming off that pec injury? Uh, I know Coach Stoop said that that he is expected to be ready to throw uh, come then, but, you know, that's one of those things we'll have to see. But they've just got to – and I think Liam already has continuity with some of the players. Obviously, he recruited – every single one of them for the most part, uh, including Shamar Porter, uh, who I'm not sure if Porter is, uh, I think Anthony Brown's the only receiver that's um, coming in early, but I, I just think that there's just got to be chemistry from Jump Street. I, well, not from Jump, but it's got to start from Jump Street, where this year it really didn't get I, I mean, it just felt like they were trying to figure each other out all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know, oh, go ahead, Vinny. The expectations are going to be higher because – yeah been here before and you had success in the year with Levis and Wondell. So it's, I mean, he might not feel it, but the fans are just going to be like, oh yeah, problem solved. Liam's back. We got a new OC. Skang's gone. It's going to be <laughs> right back to the way it was two years ago. And it's might not be that easy that to get yeah. that groove back. I think he will, but it's, it's going to take a lot of work and time. And like Jalen, you said, it's a puzzle. It's gonna take a minute for those puzzles. As as familiar as he is, it's right. not coming in brand new. He's been here, he knows the deal, but it's still gonna take some figuring and maneuvering to get all the pieces in the right place. Yeah, you made a really good point about the expectations because this year, obviously, the expectations were sky high. You get that early win at the swamp, you're number seven. But I just feel and they're all excuses, like Jalen said, and they're not. I'm not at all, you know, trying to get them off the hook for the season. They deserve any criticism they get. But you can kind of chalk things up to the offense was a mess from day one. The coordinator was a bad hire, you could say. They never, you know, they never got off on the right foot. They started late. All the things we just talked about. Levis gets injured. Chris is suspended for four weeks. All that crap that you can kind of chalk up to some of the issues here. Um, but now next year, you're not going to have that, If uh, assuming Liam is back. Because Liam's been here, and he's proven to us that he could be a damn good offense coordinator year one. I mean, they were the number 21-ranked offense uh, in his first year in Lexington. So he's already proven himself. So with the players that they have coming back, some more experience up front, another experienced quarterback, a really experienced running back again, uh, there's just there's no excuses. And, let, let you know, it's kind of similar to this year, man, where that schedule, you know, outside of three games, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee – you can make a case they should absolutely win every single other game on that schedule. I mean, you feel like nine and three with the roster they have should be the goal at worst. I mean, that's it's way too early. We'll see what injuries pop up, you know, during the spring and during the summer. But I mean, right now, just looking at the talent that's going to be here, knowing who the offensive coordinator is, knowing how good the defensive coordinator is, knowing how steady Stoops is, nine and three right now is the it, it's the bar to me. Jackson Dart just threw a pick deep in yeah, the Texas Tech returned it to about the 10 yard line or so. Already After up. They're turning it over on downs at the goal line. Already up 10 to 7, and they're getting the ball deep in the red zone already. So, all right, Lane. All right, now. Come on, Lane. So, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just thinking, I was going back to what a point that Aaron made about uh, 
literally, let's say he gets set back a month and he's ready April 1st. I don't think it's a bad thing for those young guys to be the, you know, that second spot to shake itself out. Now, obviously, obviously you want Leary throwing to the receivers. You want them getting the timing down. You want them out there getting the reps. But from a positive standpoint, I think you can you can kind of shake that second and third spot out. And uh, whoever's going to leave, going to transfer, you know, go ahead and let them do it. And find mm-hmm. another guy to get in that split, get in that uh, that place because it's going to happen. You know, it's inevitable. Um, but I don't think it's a bad thing to make sure your trigger man is a hundred percent healthy, uh, and allow him to come to practice and watch and learn, and kind of study from a coach's standpoint and under understand the game, understand the offense from a different point of view. Uh, from Liam, Liam Cohen's point of view, I think that'll be uh, invaluable if he's not able to go day one of spring practice. If he is, great. If not, great too, because now you can get some other things ironed out um, when it comes to, you know, your your two, three, and four at quarterback. Um, and also, I think is, I, I, you know, if I had my way, I would make sure every quarterback red shirts a year in college. Uh, I think it's that important because you get a yeah. chance to you get a chance to see the game from a different different perspective when you're not playing. You get a chance to mature in the game, in my opinion. You get a chance to develop the 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 puzzle, you know, put togetherness, if that's a word. I know it's not, but you get a chance <laughs> to develop that. You know what I'm saying? You you can't develop that when you're moving so fast when you're playing, you got, you know, you're taking five classes in that semester, you know. Yeah. You're trying to develop a social life. You're new to college. It's just hard to put all that together in one year. But for an experienced guy like Leary to sit back and understand the game, like I'm sure he already knows it pretty well, uh, to kind of, you know, learn the offense for, let's say he missed a week of spring practice, kind of learn day one, day two, day three, day four install from a coach's perspective. It allows him to step in that role and understand the why of what Liam Cohen is doing. And I know that's, a, you know, kind of going into the weeds a little bit, but I think it's really, really important, you know, for quarterbacks to be able to sit back and see from a different perspective because, um, you know, you get a chance to develop a keen eye for what, you know, what's the reason why you're doing certain things. I think that's, you know, that's invaluable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, y'all got – Predictions? Y'all want those score predictions out there for the bowl game? Yay, nay. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I mean, it's so hard. This is the hard. I always, it's so hard to predict this game because there's so much unknown. Like, who the hell is Joe Labs? Have y'all ever heard of him until until a week ago when he was named the starter? I I mean, he's a three-star kid out of Ohio. I'm sure. He's a good kid, talented, all that. I don't know a damn thing about him. I haven't read anything about him other than, you know, him talking about how excited he was to get the start and how there were some new things that Brian Ferentz, of all people, is cooking up. So, yeah, who who the hell knows what to expect from that? I know they have a damn good tight end. I know they have a damn good defense. Um, And they have a great kicking game, two All-Americans, a kicker and punter. Uh, So they have the advantage in special teams. I know that. But, uh <laughs> Kentucky wise, I, I think obviously you got to love the playmakers they have. Um, I'm a little worried how, about the run game. Uh, I, I like Jalen was talking about maybe Destin Wade can kind of spark it a little bit if they can get him in and on a roll, but uh, I'm just not sure how that's going to go. Um, but 
look, Mark Stoops, for whatever reason, man, gets his teams ready for these freaking bowl games. I mean, they're they're they've won four in a row, uh, including in a year when they were playing a ranked NC State team. They were four and six. You know, the COVID year did not treat them well, and they still, with Vince Merrill running the plays and not knowing which way to call, how to call a play to the right. You know, they were still still making things happen and won that football game. So they get ready for these bowl games. Um, Iowa does too, but you know, Kentucky beat them last year. Uh, it could go either way. I think it's. I think twenty is the highest anyone's going to score. Uh, Kentucky. Uh, let's have another twenty seventeen Kentucky win, just like last year. That's what. That's what I'll go with. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I like that. You know, I can't go. I can't. Uh, you know, I definitely can't go any higher than that. Um, <laughs> you know, as much as I want to, I can't. I can't go any higher. Like you said, there's a lot of unknowns, man. But maybe that unknown will bring a 35 to 31 game. You know, we'll see. Great. You know, may, maybe that'll happen, but probably not. But we'll see. <laughs> you know, I, I think um, I think both defenses are too good, you know, to allow inexperience to 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 thrive and prosper um, on that day, on that game day. I just don't I don't see it happening. So we'll see. You know, um, you know. Kind of Iowa has a little bit of unknown too, so I'm sure yeah. that's keeping Stoops up at night with the new quarterback because you never know. You may get a lot of quarterback run. Uh, you may get, you know, we don't know. So um, there's some unknowns, so that's fun. But at the same time, you know, I'm going to tune in to see who's going to, you know, get the snaps at quarterback. And, you know, hopefully hopefully they're, uh, they're trying to score on offense and being, <laughs> being extremely aggressive. There's no reason to be passive in these type of games, in my opinion. You know, I, I just don't – I don't think you have anything to lose. Be extremely aggressive. You know, try to score, throw the ball down the field, change tempos, whatever you got to do to put points on the board because that's the name of the game at the end of the day. Whoever has the most points win. So you got to score points, you know. So you got to be aggressive to score points. You got a new quarterback. Um, make it simple for him. You know what Iowa's going to do on defense. They're base 4-3, cover 4 team. They play some cover four, uh, some cover two, some cover six. Every now and then they'll spin and play cover three strong. Um, you know, they do what they do. You know, I'm sure the quarterbacks know it. There's nothing, it's, there's no secret to what Iowa does at all. You know, they'll they'll get into some more exotic type stuff on third and long. But, you know, just like uh, my coaches would tell me, stay the hell out of third and long uh, if you don't want to see it. So we'll see, you know. I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens on the offensive side of the ball. I think the defense will hold it down pretty good. Um, so can the offense score 21-plus? If they do, I think Kentucky takes that trophy home. We're going 22-21, Kentucky. Okay. Ask the 20. What's the – so all of us, I think I, – I, did you have a score prediction, Jalen? Yeah. I, if I'm giving a prediction, I say I say 21-14. Kentucky. So all of us have the over then because I believe well I at the last time I checked, I haven't checked in like two weeks since it opened, but the last time I checked, the over under was I think 31 and a half. It is sitting at 31 even. Oh my goodness. So we're all optimistic that the over will hit. So that, that's that betting folks. We, we might all be wrong, but it's it's hard not to have an over when the when it's so low. You know, so 31, that's got to be a record, man. I and mean, that's like, what was Army, what was the Army Navy line? I had no idea. But, but I, thought Kentucky, I thought Kentucky, Iowa 
2.0 was the lowest in the history of college. So, so Army Navy, the over under was 32. So <laughs> <laughs> that's freaking, you know, that's Army Navy, man. We're talking that Vegas sees it being that type of game, and it's hard to blame them. And you know what? They're usually right. What was the score to Army Navy? Was it 17 14? I, I think it was. was it? <laughs> I know. Let's see. 2017. Oh, ooh, okay. In overtime. I know. <laughs> so I, overtime to get to get to get to the over. I know one thing, man. Uh, you know, and they can they can take this this one to the bank. Uh, Kentucky fans got a chance to prove that. Well, they got a chance to prove how strong the Big Blue Nation is on on game day uh, when when Kentucky plays Iowa for multiple reasons. One is obvious: basketball team plays. Two is there's a lot of huge playoff games and bowl games that day that's going to play. That's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you Both know, you got playoff games and you got uh, who else? Who else is it? Both Alabama, Kansas teams. State. Yep. Yeah. Alabama, Kansas State that day. Um, any NFL games on that day? I don't think so. That's but both I, both no. the college football playoff games and then the yeah. Alabama. So yeah. you, you got a lot of distractions. You got New Year's Eve. Um, yep. So. There's three major distractions you have to not support the football team on Saturday. So I think they got a chance to come out and, you know, prove that the BBN is who they say they are uh, on Saturday. Because, again, you have huge, huge distractions. And obviously the, the most obvious one is nobody's really that excited to see Iowa and Kentucky. So how, you know, as a fan base, how do you prove the nation wrong when it comes to viewership, uh, ticket sales and attendance, you know, that type of thing. And just overall, just supporting, just supporting the team. Um, so I think that's going to be, that's going to be huge. I'm kind of anxious to see that as well, because, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be torn on that day when it comes to travel college, you know, uh, the playoff games, Alabama, Kansas state, Kentucky basketball, um, you know, New Year's Eve and all of that good stuff. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I think. Uh, I think they'll show up and show out like you know, like they typically do. Especially I'm in the to city. see to what to what extent, though. You know, that's what I'm anxious to see. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, you know, they always do some team competitions and stuff like that <laughs> to the game. I saw where Keith Farmer from BBN tonight. Friend of this podcast tweeted out that the hot chicken, because you know we are in Nashville after all, the hot chicken wing eating contest has taken place between Kentucky and Iowa. Kentucky wins the team total, but Iowa's Yaya Black, he won the individual title with 15 hot wings eaten. But when it was head to head, team versus team, Kentucky ate more hot chicken wings than Iowa did. So I already got one win in the books. Yeah, and then I, I saw that there's a lot of smack talking during that. So that that I wish I if I got in in time, I would have gone down to see the fun they were having. But uh, yeah, it should be. Look, that is the one thing about the bowl game rematch that's kind of cool that there's history there. There, you know, especially on Iowa's side, there's some bad blood. I remember last year, Riley Moss, the cornerback, made that comment that you know they haven't been in a game like this in a while, and it was an innocent comment. But <laughs> little did he know. You know, they were in that game three years 
before and they you know that was their sixth straight bowl game so they've been in plenty of big games so you know there's, there's a lot to prove still you know it, it's <laughs> wouldn't call it a rivalry but when you play each other in, in a big game two years in a row there's inevitably going to be some bad blood there so uh, maybe that'll make for some fun yeah maybe we get a fight like virginia tech that was awesome look at the beginning, I meant to jump in with these bowl games, and Jalen was making the point, like these bowl games, you never know. We just saw how cool Arkansas-Kansas was. Uh, I remember when Kentucky drew Virginia Tech, it was like Virginia Tech was awful that year. They they just were not scoring many points. You know, their coach who got fired a few years later was already on the hot seat there. You know, the only storyline coming out of Virginia Tech was that it was uh, the defensive coordinator's last game after 27 years uh it was just like they were running that storyline to death and then all out of nowhere at the motor speedway lynn bowden starts getting into it with a bunch of the hokey players and then you have the fist fight on the field like right before the the period where the rest are on the field and you could start ejecting guys so it ended up being a fiery bowl game and a lot of points on the board a big comeback it was one of the more probably the best football game i've ever covered so I'm not expecting that, but you never, you never freaking know these bowl games. You just don't. Yeah, it was Jordan Wright's touchdown. And- yep, to finish it. Yeah, the I mean that that Lynn Bowden sets the record for quarterback quarterback rushing yards in a bowl game, two thirty three, and then you know the last play of the game, he decides to for the first time like all day to throw it into the end zone right. and makes a perfect throw to Ali in the corner. So I earned the front of the back of the end zone. So. Yeah, you just never know, man. You never know with these bowl games. It gets wacky, and especially now when you have a lot of inexperienced players on the field who are going to go out and play their hearts off. They're going to go balls to the wall. That's right. That's right. And one last little note. Got to just flip it up a little bit and hit track and field. We got to give love to Abby Steiner, who won the Bowerman a few days ago, which is like track and field's version of the Heisman. I think it's the first UK track athlete to win it and you know. I think everybody saw clips of what Abby Steiner was doing individually and in the relays and, and just the year she had was insane. So she brings that trophy home for UK track. So congratulations to her uh, on a job well done on a, a heck of a season, man. It was a heck of a season she had. So good stuff. Shout out, shout out, yeah, shout out to her, man. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's something else. <laughs> she's yeah. something else. She's legit. She's legit. Fellas, man, enjoyed this episode. AG, man, enjoy Nashville. You you know that city well, so you got some yeah. couple of days lead up to the bowl game to be out and about, man. So enjoy that and look forward to your coverage for the Cats Paul, who failed to mention that at the beginning. Jay Witt, BTG, doing the training. Uh, everybody follow these guys on Twitter. Follow us at Believe in Kentucky. And all the episodes are there, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check these latest episodes out there as well and everybody be safe and enjoy the bowl game we'll talk about it all next week and recap it and move on into off-season mode here on believe in kentucky for ag and Jalen, this is Vinny hardy we'll see y'all next week on believe in kentucky
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.